0: And here comes Larson down to the bottom of the
1: racetrack.
2: Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. <laughs> <laughs> slide job. That's that's of Twitter user Steve Grice.
1: Oh, so people are now making yeah. it a parody. Hey, they're tra- they're now slide job has become a uh, a pop culture yeah phenomenon. Thing. Yes. Well done. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm still wore out. I still don't know what to think. My head's spinning from the whole experience of this past weekend.
1: We got a lot to talk about. We got a great show. You've been on Jimmy Fallon show once. You've been on the Today Show twice this week. Wow. Just wow. all this since we've last been in the uh, studio here. You've broadcasted, I don't know, four or five practices, a couple races. One of them was a thriller. You wore a tie once. You tucked in your shirt maybe a couple times. Now that you've had time to decompress, <laughs> kiss your wife. Hold your baby, pet your dog, do whatever you do to buffaloes, which I don't know. What are your thoughts? That's what we're going to. (laughs) That's what we're. (laughs) Why you? God dang it, Dale (laughs) Junior! He's back. He's always he He did this on Instagram last. He was all low key this
0: morning. He was all low key coming in here. It was awesome, that You got
1: to the buffalo part. (laughs) Yeah, I'm trying to think about all the things you do when you go home. Did you just ignore Buffalo? It was dark. You pass these big sons of bitches and you don't even acknowledge
0: them? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you can't miss them, but the way you said it was pretty funny. I all right.
1: It. We yeah. want to know on the download <laughs> today what your thoughts are now that it's actually taped this Monday. day after the race. It's Podcast Tuesday, show Thursday. We're going to talk all about it on the download. Is that okay with you? Fine. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do it.
2: And here comes Larson. Watch into the matter of the drive down. Delta your download. And here comes Larson. AMD Trying
1: to take the lead away. Drive job. 6.
2: Trying to take the lead away. AMD job. The take the Studio. Delta your download. AMD job. Trying to take the lead away. AMD job. 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 The download starts now. I Start take job. the lead away. <laughs> I can't believe that. I can't believe the remix. I, but the thing about that, all of that, is I can't believe that they pay me to go and watch <laughs> the race and just to talk about what I see. I mean, I don't know. That's a, watch out.
1: <laughs> the heck was that?
2: crashing the studio. Stone Cold Steve Austin's going walk in any second. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> that was We're so good. loud. <laughs> I. <laughs> I had so much fun uh this weekend and obviously uh I was really nervous going into the cup race, but it was a blast and we're gonna get into that a little bit. But I I come home just going, Oh man, I mean this is it. This is what I'm gonna do for the next twenty one weeks and however many years. Holy cow, hold on. You know I know, right? I mean like me like me hold on, not everybody else. Like I'm <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be a ride. You gotta buddy. temper
1: it a little bit because you've got twenty one races, but that was an exciting start. And you know the yeah. best part about that? Like the, the absolute best scenario for your NBC broadcasting debut would be that on Monday, the main storyline was not your NBC broadcasting debut. Absolutely. That's I, the best scenario. And we got the race that we would have wanted on yeah. your debut. It was so perfect. I'm telling
2: you, um, there was so much promotion about me being on the broadcast. And that was necessary but concerning. Um, if I'm NBC, I'm doing the same thing. You're, you know, you're hoping that the story isn't the broadcast, it's the race. If
1: that's all you have to talk about, right. right. And so right. at
2: the end of the, yeah, at the end of the day, the drivers went out there and performed phenomenally. Yes. And we had a battle for the lead all day long. We had different guys leading. We had different storylines happening. We had, there was just so much happening in that race to make it a fun race to call, to fun race to watch easy to engage and that all comes down really to the drivers and their their freaking tenacity man i mean it was just I i'm i know I'm seeing the race from a new perspective so I'm seeing it like this for the first time but I felt like yesterday was different you know from what I was seeing from the from the sport as a whole you know the drivers and the way they contended all day long and the way they pressed all day long and the conditions they did all this in with the 150 degree Interior car temperatures. I was just so amazed and so impressed. With ten laps to go, I didn't think Larson was going to catch him, and I said so much on the on the broadcast. I was still enjoying it. Would he catch him and would he not? I still thought it was an awesome race, even if we don't have the finish that we had.
0: I mean, heck, he scrubbed the wall there, and I thought he was. But I mean, so I thought it was done. But it was even if it ended there. I agree. Would have been.
2: It was an amazing race, even without the finish. And then we get that incredible, incredible finish. And like, whether you like Kyle, Kyle Busch or not, it doesn't really matter. That's what we need. Almost, If we can get that every week, that's what we need. Yeah. No matter who's in the mix and who's creating that drama. And um, and you even
1: needed an old guy versus a new guy. I mean, I mean like the, 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 everything was perfect. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, it's great. If, if it had been Harvick and Kyle Busch, we would have taken it. Yeah, but sure. it was Kyle Larson. Yeah. And, 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 and he has this talent, and you really – Uh, uh, opened up my eyes to uh, Kyle Larson's ability. Although uh, We always known he's talented, but you brought up a point about him riding the high line. One, you said he goes up way higher than you did, which is saying something. And two, you brought up a point of when that safer barrier ends, you had noticed that he even turns right to get even closer to the wall to pick up more speed. And so we got to watch that, especially because NBC had this really good camera angle from high above the speedway. And they really kind of leaned into those shots. And you could see the lines, and then you could see the ground that he was making up by doing that high line, especially in the last few laps. And it was – so it all all the puzzle pieces kind of fit together, and then they gave us the, the last lap, the finish. Yeah. We got the perfect racetrack.
2: We got the best out of the best. You know, all the drivers in the field are the best, in my opinion, in American motorsports. And we got the best of the best. Yeah. We had we- a challenge with the weather to talk about. We mm-hmm. had all kinds of content. And so it was an easy race to call, uh, in my opinion. I think for a new guy like me coming in there, it was a great scenario. And <clears throat> and uh, just all the theatrics afterwards with Kyle Busch, uh talking about the haters and all that, even though he stirs that pot, and aggravates more fans and so forth, that's better than nothing happening and us going home bored to death. I'm not saying that I loved it or, man, you know, well, I liked what I saw. Uh, f- I'm not saying that made me a huge Kyle Bush fan or yeah. a bigger fan of Kyle B- I'm saying that what he did is necessary in sports and entertainment. And he ain't even trying, but he's bringing something to the table. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just being himself. And that's what's fun. That's what's cool about it is that he's that's his that's him being him. Yeah. He's not forcing it. He's not underplaying it. That's unfiltered.
0: It, you could tell it got to him a little bit yeah. the booze, but by his reaction in that Nobody interview. Everybody loves
2: that. Shit. And so Yep.
0: And you know, looked. and
2: that's his natural reaction to it. The funny thing is to me that I noticed is that we got a little bit different Kyle Bush once he got to victory lane and he has that interview in victory lane. He yep. was much more he was much more particular about choosing his words and how he described what what happened. And then later we see Kyle Larson go to Victor Lane and they have, you know, they talk about the race and how much fun they had. Kyle Larson's interview after he got out of the car was was a great interview about how much he enjoyed the racing and the, the battle to the end and how how he viewed it was uh, quintessential, you know, Kyle Larson a racer, you know. Yep. He he was having fun. Didn't work out for him. Amazing save by him to be able to even continue on to finish second. Amazing. And, and the
0: fact that he wasn't mad surprised me and it's, I thought it was cool as hell.
2: It surprised me. I was I was not surprised. I knew he was going to get out and go. That was fun. Yeah. You were he, surprised or you were not surprised? I
0: was a little surprised because oh, no. you know yeah. that is Kyle though. I like hardly
2: said. saw Kyle Larson get get mad. mad. I, yeah. I
1: never have. I mean, yeah, Kyle Larson ratchets up the maturity of the two. I mean, of the of the, <laughs> of the scenario there. Kyle Busch was going to be him. He brings that WWE type stuff it, it, without the script. Yeah. You know, yeah. that, I don't think he's going off a script here. He's he's reacting to his environment all the time, which is why when he goes to Victory Lane which was that alternate victory lane inside that uh, garage. Yeah, he he was not doing that stuff.
2: All the theatrics don't happen if if we interview him in victory Victory lane. Lane, Because he has the time to sort of process it.
0: And the energy level by those fans, because you heard it.
2: it. It's different, yeah. Yeah, And so people talk about, people complain about the double interview. Some fans do not like the, the winner getting interviewed twice, but you don't get what we got yesterday without that happening. We need that interview on straightaway because it's instantaneous, and then we're getting we're getting that fresh reaction from the driver and what the fans thought
1: was awesome. Oh yeah, in you can see them on the fence. Yeah. You can you'd only hear them. You yeah. see
2: them. That was that that made that moment more even better or more unique, more entertaining to see. Or yeah. I mean, so it was great. I um yeah, we had a long week. Mike you talked about a lot of things that we did. We went to New York City on Wednesday. Who knows what we did before the day, Monday, Tuesday, but um we spent all day in New York City. I mean, you know, we had the download here with Denny Hamlin, then we, we uh bounced around, did a few things, but we went to New York City and spent all day in New York City promoting the race. We went on Fallon, which was fun. We had the scooter race, the cooler scooters. They were like, "Hey man, you know you can jump on this cooler schooler and try it out a little bit before we have this race." I was like, "I have one of these at home. Don't you worry. We gotta be good." <laughs> I've tested it. I ha- I know all about. Yeah. So we went and had the- we had the Did Fallon
0: test it? Cause I mean he was kind of slow.
2: Well, I probably could have taken a little easier because I we ha- I had such I got we got so separated that they couldn't really get any good shots of us racing.
1: Yeah, that was the worst race of the weekend, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that's, that, a that, hey, that's a good thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. They would try to catch one of us in coming by and and they'd get nobody it'd just be an empty shop but uh so it, i i thought it would have been a little closer but i was ready and rocking i'll give it all i had we um the beers were good that we had i thought i was worried that they were gonna be hot but they were cold beer good and it was bush which was which was interesting but i finished my bush beer because i felt like maybe may bad luck if i didn't then we went out and did the sit down on the couch that meant a lot to me to be able to do the couch cuz typically what happens with drivers is they and they've asked us to do this before and we've we've, we've not done it we've turned it down usually it's just the comedy skit the race you know and then they
0: may s- talk to you standing up oh this is yeah. down yeah. you never
2: you never get a chance to get, do the interview and get get to kind of what's going on in your life or talk about anything yeah so i was really glad to be able to get on the couch and, um, uh, I felt the same way when I was do- back in the day when we would do Letterman, the first time we did Letterman, they had me out on the street doing donuts in a Corvette and I didn't get to do a couch interview. And the reason why I want to do those, uh, the reason why that's important to me is because way, way back when my dad was racing for him to get an opportunity to go on Leno yeah, was a big deal to him. He felt like that that was like, uh, you know, a huge milestone for himself, for the sport, to be able to get those opportunities because we, we rarely did get that kind of recognition from, from the entertainment world. And when I would get asked to go on these shows, I I, I followed my father with that same sort of mentality about it. And, and when they would ask me to do a gimmicky kind of thing out on the street doing donuts, it was fun. It, I, I, I needed to do it because it was great exposure for me. It was great exposure for NASCAR. But You'd love to be able to sit on the couch and engage with the host. And that gives the people watching at home a chance to get to know you. And so I finally got to do that with uh, – we won a Daytona 500, I think, in 2004. Maybe it was 2014. I can't remember. But I finally got to do a sit-down with uh, Letterman. I was on Leno. Uh, So we've done a few. And and anytime we get that opportunity, whether it's Fallon, whatever – we need to take it because uh, it's great exposure for us and great exposure for our sport. Really, it's big for NASCAR to get recognized. Get, you get a driver on that couch and let that show, and the producers of that show and everybody see that we're capable of sitting down and engaging and being entertaining. Then they invite other drivers on there. Other guys have opportunity to get that get that opportunity to to get to to grow their own brand and continue to grow the sport and introduce the you know fans out there to other drivers in our sport and the personalities we have. So. That's all the things that you're thinking about when you're when you're asked to do Fallon or do anything like that. We went on what watch what happens live, which we really ain't supposed to talk about, but Mike tweeted out some social media about it anyways, and uh, that'll be that'll be on well, we're, in a couple weeks.
1: Yeah, we could talk about it, but I guess we're not. We're not supposed, it's supposed to talk to about be it live. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've got it in the white flag. Too. It's fine. <laughs> and um,
2: so that'll be on in a couple of weeks. We was on with Shep Rose, which was great. Shep's in Southern Charm, which is a show that me and Amy are big fans of on Bravo. Uh, we did tons of other media hits. We was on the Today Show and spent all day, really, doing interviews. Dan Patrick. And, and interviews and, yeah, obviously did Dan Patrick. We got to go in studio with Dan, which is always fun. His studio
0: is a little bigger than ours. It's a castle. What yeah. do you think? It's, Dan
2: it. Patrick is, what I think is Dan Patrick is the best interviewer yeah. that I've ever ran across by far. I know I've I've told that to other people that are great interviewers, and they also agree. I don't know what it is, but he has a gift to... To make the conversation so comfortable, even though you're kind of nervous because it's Dan Patrick and and he's great, he takes that out somehow. He 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 removes that from you real real quickly. He asks questions that are different and more personal, and he makes you immediately realize that he knows a lot about you and that he's he knows he knows things about your personal life and he's not just uh, gathering information from. The top shelf you know he goes a little deeper and 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 asks things that are fun that you know questions that you questions and things and topics in your life that you you wouldn't even think about bringing up because you didn't you don't think that people would be interested in them but he gets he does want to know these things and and it's it's always fun to do an interview and you never end up with the same interview nope. even though we might talk about some of the same topics we end up getting great content from those conversations uh so I've learned a lot from him watching him and his questions too are often uh, very brief. And one of the things that I think I've learned from that is that he all his brief question encourages the interviewee to really give a long answer. That's great in situations where you're talking to somebody who's young and doesn't do a lot of interviews, that isn't go- or a driver that doesn't want to open up, you know? Cuz drivers and they don't love doing interviews, so how are you going to get good stuff out of them? Throw a real quick, short, brief question at them, and that forces them to expand.
1: And here's the example. If I'm remembering correctly, Dan Patrick opens up the interview with something like, did you take a cab over here? There you go. You know. So, or what and, was your cab driver like?
2: And so I have to you know, go it, into yep. <laughs> detail. It, it makes me want to go into detail, like you know, get this long explanation, and, and he just keeps popping them little short questions in there, and – I like it because it is, you know, he it, it just, he's the best interviewer. We, we could go on and on. But we had a great day, anyways, in New York City, talking about NASCAR, talking about NBC. Uh, we finally got to the racetrack and was able to get down to business. The best thing about the whole weekend uh, to, to shed the nerves for Sunday, because I was super nervous, was uh, doing some of the Xfinity pra- practices. Not a ton of people. You know, or or watching that practice, nothing like we're going to see on Sunday for the race. And so, if you screw up, yeah, it might go viral, but it's not a huge deal, as um, long as it don't happen on Sunday. That's kind of the thing. It's like when a race when a race car breaks apart. If it happens in practice, hey, as you know, long as it didn't happen in the race. So, I got to get some of the nerves out. I got to get a I got to grow my rapport and relationship with uh, my teammates up in the booth. Not so much LaTarque because we're solid, more Jeff Burton and Rick Allen. I mean, trying to get comfortable with those guys is not going to be real hard, but the more I can work with them, the better we'll be. Just like a race team.
1: Yep. Can can we actually use the example here? I will. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, in the Xfinity practice, Dale Jr. got frustrated as he's trying to really kind of hone his craft, by the way, and these Xfinity practices were very important. And he was telling us how he's got a producer in the ear, telling him okay Dale when Jeff Burton's done talking you got to hit it quick and then we're out to commercial well Jeff Burton doesn't hear that Jeff Burton keeps talking oh. and so the producer is in Dale's ear saying okay you're going to have to make it even quicker Jeff Burton keeps talking okay Dale you're going to have to like boom and out junior's new at this he doesn't know how to, what, what is boom and out i mean he has a thought that he probably <laughs> wanted to <laughs> he convey should have just said it, boom, and out. he's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. but it, but so that was a very tricky thing that he had to uh, figure out and and by the way, Dell June, I don't even remember what it was that you were saying. It came off natural, but he was so upset about it after I that was, practice. Yeah.
2: I so when I'm when I say anything, I go, Man, I could I, I could explain that better or I don't think I'm explaining that well at all. And so um I have this when when Jeff's talking, I'm think I'm listening to Jeff and I'm thinking about his opinion and whether I agree or not and whether I have anything to add to it or, or what else I could say. And, and then the producers like, uh, you know, Marv, he's awesome. He's he like, is. he's like, make it quick, man, make it quick. We got to get out of here. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to make anything quick. You know, I, I have this thought, how do I cram that into this, you know, couple sentences without and, and not sound ridiculous, you know? So I felt like that I didn't do a very good job of that. And I leave those Xfinity practices really frustrated Trying to figure out how to, you know, do a better job, and it just takes time. But the great thing about it is, I had the opportunity to do those practices and do the uh several sessions that we were able to do. Cup practices, Cup qualifying, the Xfinity race. I was really, I thought all that stuff would be the same. I thought we'd get in the booth and it would feel the same. I was really uh, surprised at how different it is calling qualifying versus the race. The race is the easiest thing to call, call because it. The content's kind of created for you. The race is happening; you're reacting. Yeah. In qualifying, that's not happening. There's not as much content being created. It's you gotta, all the same. You yeah. almost got to dress it up. That takes some. That takes a little skill, and charm, and ingenuity. And so, I was surprised at the pace uh, when we went and did the Xfinity race. Anytime I really had a com a thought, I felt like I had as much time as I needed. We have these talk back buttons where we mash them and can talk to the producer. And the guys around me, they're hitting them a little bit. Letart, he mashes every once in a while and talks to the producer about something he thinks is going on on the racetrack. Sunday, we had tiny, tiny windows to get our thoughts into. And there was a way more talk going on in my ears from the producers. And Steve was on his button to the producer the whole race. And so I can't hear Steve when he's doing that. And I'm like, man, I really want to know what he's doing. I'm really I'm, what are you thinking about Steve? Like, why are you talking so much to the producer? What am I missing? What am I not seeing? You know, so I I got the producer in one ear. I can hear whoever's talking in the broadcast rick allen jeff burton and the other and then latar's over here on the button talking to the producer and i'm like <laughs> i'm like what's everybody doing you know
1: and did you think to hit the talk back and ask the producer what steve just told him
2: no because <laughs> the producers try also hollering to everybody in a truck oh, yeah. like what's going on you yeah. you saw all that so i'm like i ain't gonna bother the producer you know he's got steve in his ear probably yeah. jeff burton's in the other booth probably doing the same thing yeah so i'm just gonna lay out just react to what i'm seeing as soon as I got up in the morning, man, everybody was way more frantic on Sunday. Sunday morning. Yeah. As soon as I got up, the radios, the walkie-talkies of people communicating, and the in, uh, the whole production crew were just chattering about everything. And it was wide open from the moment we got up. On Saturday for Xfinity, everybody was like, hey, this will be fun. Yeah, this will be cool. Hey, everything's <laughs> good. Yeah, let's go and do this race. And we had, you know, it was real chill and laid back. All the practices, same way sunday was berserk (laughs) Uh,
1: and uh how long how long did it take you to get comfortable with all the the chaos
2: well we went up into the we went up around two hours before the race starts to do a rehearsal up in the booth so i'm down in the i'm down in my bus getting some some to eat or something we haul ass up to the uh to the booth in t-shirt
1: and jeans and and do this rehearsal, and I sucked. You know, we had you did. I was wanting to ask yeah. you about that because when you came down to the pit box, you said, "I said how'd rehearsal go?" And you're like, "Awful." Yeah. So I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? What can be awful? But tell us.
2: What we rehearse is basically the first twenty minutes or so, or the first ten minutes. It's basically the opening of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rick Allen's going to come in, say what we're doing. Hey, here we are. Where we are. What we're what race we're doing. Jeff Burton's going to say something, and then they're going to toss it over to us, and and Steve's going to say something, or I'm going to say something. I had my thoughts and uh, I was going to talk. I had been really high on Chase Elliott and Joe Logano, had my points on why, and uh, had been talking about them basically the whole weekend. So, and I was doubling down that they were going to have good days. And so, when it came my turn to describe that, I blew it. You know, I just didn't do very good, but it was a rehearsal. And so, I went back down to the bus and grabbed a lunch and. Thought about it and calmed down a little bit. I was really nervous in rehearsals for some reason.
1: Did anybody give you any type of... No. ...suggestion? So nobody said any feedback to I you? I don't know. Okay.
2: Because uh, they didn't think it was...
1: They didn't think it was... They didn't it think it was... It shit. was shit. I did. Right. Yeah, I got you.
2: And so they got their own to worry about. You know, like Jeff and them, they're doing their own homework and notes and all that and rehashing what they're doing over, you know, whatever they're doing to prepare. So... I went back and cleaned up my notes a little bit. I thought that I would have a lot more time because of yes, because of Saturday in the Xfinity race. You had these yeah talk forever <laughs> in the pre-race. Well, and on Sunday they smash everything together, and you got just seconds to get your thought in. And I was like, I had this long thought, and I didn't, and I couldn't get it in, and so I, I, it blew up in my face. And I went back to the bus. I cut all my thoughts down to, to barely nothing. And then I went into the booth to do the real deal. I gave my thoughts, you know, my bullet points to uh, to a buddy in there to put on the whiteboard and, you know, hold it right next to the camera. And it came pretty easy then. Less is more in that, in that scenario. And I felt like, anyways, I, I was pretty happy with the, the opening of the show. The opening of the show is the only produced part, the only part that's structured, really, for me. And so that's not as fun because you gotta remember stuff. You know, you gotta go. I like Chase Elliott today, and this is the reasons why. Well, he ran second in 2017, and he ran third in 2016, and he qualified third today, and he was second fastest on average practice. Yep. You know, you gotta remember those moments, and in and and you're nervous, and you you're like, I'm gonna forget something, and that means you forget something, and yeah, the second
1: you think that, yeah. You're done. <laughs> y-
2: your mind just goes blank, and so um, there
1: the was p- an example from that, by the way, the on produce- Saturday when he wasn't really listening to what Jeff Burton said, and and he went with the thought that he had had a minute before. Yeah, and it wasn't the thought that he would have been responding to because Jeff, Jeff Burton teed him up to say something else. Like, Jeff
2: right. Burton said, "Hey man, this guy's driving around the racetrack. Let's listen to his throttle." And I go, "Yeah man, he's driving her down into turn three and watching, <laughs> brother, watching him go to the We didn't. Li- I didn't. Uh-huh. Do- I didn't wait. I didn't let the audience <laughs> hear the throttle. But um, uh, the produced stuff that we do, the opening of the show is the least fun yeah, because it's the most structured. The great thing, I don't know how, the, I don't think they do other sports this way because other sports have a time. They have a time of each period and so forth. Um, so they can build the whole show basically as a structured show from start to finish. We're going to do this at the end of this period. We're going to yep. do this at halftime. And at halftime, it's like a whole show. Yeah, you know this is going to happen at one thirteen. This is going to happen at one fourteen. Yeah. You're going to say this at one fifteen. At one sixteen, this person's going to come in and talk. And so that's how the opening of the show is. And as soon as you know the green flag drops, it's fluid. We just react. We're not responsible for remembering anything or being on time for anything. It's so easy. That's easy. That's the do. fun part, right? Yeah, that's the fun part. It's easy to do. I'm. Sh- it's easy to screw up. But it's not rocket science at all. I mean, it's just, you just, they say, just be you. We're not at, we don't want you to do what Rick's doing. We don't need you to bump us in and out of commercials or anything professional. Just react to what you're seeing. If you have a thought, jump in there, you know, get in the game and have fun. And that's what we did. And the great thing about Rick so, Rick's supposed to call the finishes to the stages in the race. We pretty much back out and let him have the cars it's crossing the finish line to get the white flag, and he'll call that action to the end. <laughs> what Rick doesn't mind is for someone like myself that's excited to 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 <laughs> not, you know, you don't want to step on him, but to add yeah. to what yeah. he's doing. I thought that this would all be super competitive uh, as far as, like, between me and Rick or me and Natard or me and Jeff, and, and I thought the whole environment would be really sensitive and uh, it's n- completely not like that. I know. I mean, the the cup garage, everybody's friendly, but man, you know, I got a race against you. Oh yeah. And you're on the other team. Even guys, even the crew guys, the mechanics. You know, ah, you know, we're great pals, but gotta keep you at arm's length. Uh, it's not like that. At least that's the way it feels initially, in the um in the production crew and with the talent. Everybody is there to support each other and help each other. We have these production meetings in the morning that are actually a lot of fun to, to be in. Uh, everybody's giving each other input and ideas. If Jeff Burton's doing something about during pre-race, someone nobody's scared to speak up and go, hey, man, maybe add this in there. And Jeff's never Jeff's never too big to go, I got it. Jeff goes, yeah, yeah, and he'll add it. Like we were doing something the other day, I'm new. Who the hell did I know? He was getting ready to do something. He had a thought, and he's like, hey, when we come back from commercial, I'm going to talk about X. And I said, hey, man, while you're doing that, maybe think about this. I remember what it was. Uh, He was going to talk about the restart with uh, Martin Trex Jr., where Martin pushed the 41 car into the lead. And he was like, I'm going to talk about how that's become an art, trying to – the guy in seconds just is responsible to help or push if he wants to. You know, he's got to time that perfectly. Some guys can do it great, and some guys might – do it, you know, might might not, might not do it so well. He wanted to talk about the restart and what Martin did and why he did it. And I said, hey, maybe uh say, maybe also talk about like at the end of the race how that's totally Martin, Martin's totally jumping out of line there. You know, like we saw Logano do late in the race. And so he, he's, he wasn't too big to he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, man, I wonder if he'll add it in there. And he did. He goes, and late in the race, you know, it's going to be completely different. And so everybody sort of helps each other to be the best they can be.
1: Which I would assume is difficult because you and Burton are not in the same booth. No, but it, we can talk to each other. Of course you can. But there was something about the chemistry. This was a new, it was a it, not an experiment. This is what NBC had been planning, but you have two booths, A booth and B booth. Yeah, and that's Steve, different. Yeah. That is very different. And so it's not even familiar to the producers no. and to the directors. And so you've got Dill Jr. I saw a uh, notice several times during the broadcast. He was conversing with the people in the other booth. Could you guys? You
2: so you guys it. could see each other. Yeah, there's a button I can hit that just only the people that are in the booth can hear. So only I can hit a button and talk to Latart Burton and Rick without anyone else hearing it or the broadcast hearing it. And so I can hit that button. And go, hey Jeff.
1: Yeah. You know. You and Steve in the same booth though was awesome. I mean, can we just be honest? <laughs> That's great.
2: You tell me, man. But I, you enjoyed I it. it. I enjoyed it. I can't. I am never going to say me and Steve in the same booth were awesome. I'm did never going to feel say awesome.
1: That. You know what I'm talking about? Like you no. it, did it. Did it? You guys, the chemistry, everything seemed to really work in there. They have a camera on you the entire time. Okay, they did have it, a junior camp.
0: But did it make you feel more comfortable? That's maybe p- is the question because yes. you've had you've you've got this rapport and relationship. Yeah.
2: I love working with Steve. I mean, I love it. I want to I I know this is it's, it's going to suck to hear, man, but I want whatever the fans want. Gotcha. If the fans want me and Steve in the booth together, then I want to I want us to be whatever people are going to watch. I it, of course I, I I love sitting with Steve and doing the show just like I like sitting with you and doing the podcast. I mean, I like hanging out with my friends and working with my friends. Hell yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to hang out with them after after work. Can I hang out with them during work too? That's awesome. The way I I feel about it is Steve left uh, our, you know, we had a great friendship when he was a crew chief and I'm the driver. And he left that to go do something new for him and his family. And as hard as that was, he went and built something, you know, and did this on his own outside of our bubble. And I am so glad that he's so open to me joining him and hit and, 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 and being a part of something that he doesn't have to share and, you know, that makes me feel great that he's he's like, hey, man, I'm so glad this is we're back together. You know, I'm so glad we're doing it. You know, he could have been like, man, you know, I had fun racing yeah. with you, and I, but I'm doing this other thing. Don't, right. come, up, don't come over here. Don't cramp yeah. my space. Don't come yeah. over to this playground, man. I'm ha- This is my thing. You know, and he wasn't like that. I'm so thankful for that because I, I really did want to work with him again. I'm not going to complain when they put him down on the pit box for some races or if we're not together in the same booth. and We practiced with me and Jeff together in a booth, um, and that was enjoyable, and I want to work with Jeff as much as I can so we can continue to build some chemistry. Um, so that'll be fine if we're not together all the time, and I don't know if that we need to be, and I don't know if Steve would even want that either. Um, but, yeah, it was fun, and it was probably best to put us together for my first race because I'm going to feel the most comfortable next to yeah. him more than anyone else I know in the whole NBC family. So
1: Let me ask you something. Take us now through that last lap. We were talking about it at the beginning, having a lot of fun with the slide job stuff, but you said some interesting things coming you know, after the race, coming back home, and you weren't actually trying to call a race. And then what I'm hearing from you today was, uh, you know, there was a concern of who is actually going to speak up and accessorize Rick Allen's, you know, call of the final with two no. laps. So what what's going through your mind as those last laps are going, and then what led to slide job and all the other uh, reactions that you had?
2: So – um, Rick's going to take the field with two to go mm-hmm. or or at least one to go. The producer wants us to back out and let Rick take it and start, you know, building up uh, the finish. Rick is comfortable and I've heard it before. I've heard Jeff and Steve both, maybe more so Jeff. Rick is comfortable with Jeff coming in and adding to the excitement. Like you said, accessorizing is a good word. We went to Martinsville to spend the afternoon, I think on a Friday or Saturday, uh, Martinsville race weekend. I rode with Rick all the way there and back. So we've spent time, we've made an effort to be around each other outside of all this to get to know each other. And I know Rick's comfortable with, as long as you're going to come in there and make things better, he's happy for you to come in there and join him on that last lap call. Um, He's not uh, territorial when it comes to that. And that's so nice. You know, because my, I, I, it happened at the, I think the end of the stage with Harvick when he passed the 41. I could hardly keep my mouth shut. <laughs> you said
1: as much too. Yeah, you're like yeah.
2: Like Rick's calling that to the finish line, and I'm like, I, I can literally, <laughs> I literally cannot contain myself. I'm. This is so freaking cool. Yeah. What a race. And, um, and so it's hard, and I know I'm going to have a hard time with that in a lot of situations. If we're having, if we're ha- especially, if we're having stages in that way or races <laughs> in that way, oh, it's yeah. going to be hard not to join Rick and really have this. I'm not going to add anything that people don't know. I'm just going to be doing what Rick's doing, and that's yeah. be excited about what I see. But as far as the slide job stuff, I mean, we've been talking all day about, for two days really, about Larson and his dirt experience and how I think that that helps him a lot when he especially runs that high groove. And I'd heard someone in an interview, maybe it was Larson, talking about how slide jobs were a realistic tactic at this track because of how slick and worn out it is. Mm. Uh, I read that in somebody's statement, but here was the perfect opportunity. I did not think that Larson was going to go to the bottom in turn one. He had been gaining on the 18, running the high side, and even though he was going to be right up behind him and in dirty air, I still felt like he could at least come off the corner with the same distance or the same gap, Uh, and then in three and four really have an awesome run and pass him either on the outside in turn four or running to the start-finish line. So I thought that Larson would go in behind him and try to at least keep pacing one and two, but he dove to the bottom. And initially I was thinking, oh no, because the, he hadn't, you know, the bottom just wasn't as good in one and two for anyone. Mm-hmm. Everybody had made a lot more speed around the top. And I thought, man, he's, he's gonna, if he has even a decent corner, he's going to lose speed down. the He's going to lose time down the back straightaway with the momentum that the 18 would have running the top. So, Initially, goes down there, and I'm like, "Oh no!" But then he started, he sailed it in there, and I'm like, "I was like screaming slide job" because I was wanting Larson to do it, and I was wanting, (laughs) and I was wanting Rick, yeah. I was wanting Rick to
1: say it, so he was talking to Rick. He wasn't talking about it. He was telling Rick slide job, like, "Hey, this is it." Yeah,
2: and I'm glad I didn't have that button mash where I was just talking to the booth, where I was just talking to him and not the broad and so the broadcast could hear it. But I was like, "Slide job, slide job!" Like, say it, Rick. See? Say That's slide it. job. It's happening. Here he goes. He's doing the slide job. And I mean, you don't see slide jobs in on asphalt. Often, yeah, you know, and here's a dirt guy, one of the best in the world, in the country, Uh, trying to make a pass on the last lap, trying a slide job. And what a, what a, (laughs) and then the next thing that happened, keyword
0: keyword, try.
2: Yeah. The next thing that happened was I thought, okay, so he's trying this slide job. And I thought he's going to be able to clear him if he wants to drive up in front of him and really commit it all the way, commit that slide job to the fence. He's cleared him and he didn't know that he had him cleared or didn't think he had him cleared. And so he gave him a little space. And I thought, Oh damn. I had dropped my head in disapp- in disappointment that, that in pre- predicting that the race was over <laughs> and Jeff Burton comes over the radio and says, they he hit him or they touched or there's contact. <laughs> and I look back up and I, I was like, damn man, he's the, he, that killed the 18s run. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, it ain't over yet. You know? So they go down the back straightaway shallow as hell into turn three so they both went into the corner pretty shallow do
0: you like how Kyle like was going at him so much that he like I don't know if he you know off this? the curb yeah he hit the apron there yeah. even he was I going mean, for
2: he yeah he, uh, he was committed and got in the back of him and turned him sideways and it's the I mean I would uh, have won I would have done the same thing and I think 98 percent of the field would have done the same thing because it's a it's it's for a win yep Mm-hmm. And it's for a it's for a win, and wins are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. It was just incredible. I, and then as soon as they're wrecking, I just I thought that they had lost enough momentum that Harvick could win the race. I did too. So I started hollering, "Where's Harvick? Who's in third? Yeah, where's third? Right, where's Where, Harvick? You know, because if he's close enough, how yeah. far behind is he? I haven't really paid attention for the last handful of laps. Oh,
0: because you had so much going on with the lap
2: cars. yeah. And, uh, so, yeah. so is he close or not? But he wasn't close enough to get in there and, and and steal that win. But man, that would have been dramatic. You know, that was that reminded me of the crash into the seventy nine five hundred yes. down the back straightaway. Where's third place? <laughs> the Where's cameras the going. Third place is in turn three. You know, and the cameras <laughs> trying to find them. I was like, it, it felt just like it really did feel just like the the last lap of the seventy nine Daytona five hundred and that the calls and all the things happening in that in that moment
1: felt very similar, but. And, by the way, in, in, in how the call of the race really kind of amplifies those moments. And you had Ken Squire going, and there's a fight. Yeah. Now we've got a new one. <laughs> Sly Sly job. job. And, by the way, let's not lose focus of the true hero of this moment because none of this happens. Ryan. without Ryan Joseph Newman. Yeah. Being oh, Ryan Newman. Joseph Newman and was, racing guys as <laughs> a you, lap card. Thank you, I Newman. Was, I, was, <laughs>
2: I was trying to explain to people how Ryan races people really hard, <laughs> and he almost he carries that as a badge of honor. Yeah, It's
0: like he heard you, man, because he like ramped it up a yeah. little bit. <laughs> I, was,
2: <laughs> I tried to do that, and then I thought for a second, maybe I've just insulted Ryan Newman. <laughs> I know. But... <laughs> he, that's him, man. And no, Kyle Bush was pissed, I'm sure. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. You know, anybody would be. Damn it, he makes, I would be pissed if yeah. Ryan Newman did oh, that course. to me. Of course, yes. But that's Ryan. You, you, you're you like, immediately you're freaking mad. And then a lap later, you're like, well, you know, it's, that's Ryan. It's Newman. <laughs> Newman. And then when Kyle got bun- bundled up, Ryan Newman boy, he had his
1: run. He's going to the
2: inside three wide down the back straight away.
1: I'm like, golly, Newman. Where did Newman finish? Does anybody uh, know? It doesn't matter. I mean, like,
2: he's that, sitting there thinking, these are all positions for me, man. Yeah. I don't care because well, there's I, three other cars. Around I don't them.
1: care that that's the leader. I'm uh, trying to get oh, these spots. It's God my- bless that guy, <laughs> American hero Ryan Newman. Yeah. A mountain of a man. I just that is that was so perfect, and it gave us that. I saw it when when they when the leader was coming and they were the the lap cars were side by side. That was a problem. Yeah. Newman made. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Larson made up all that ground, and this like, oh my gosh, this how, might happen. How about you? You you
0: played video games and you've raced cars, and you, you know when when stuff bottles up, and and Larson took that outside there, and he wasn't lifting. Coming right. around that yeah. first yeah. car and then Stanhouse is up there and it's like, ah, oh, is he gonna squeeze it in there? That right. was amazing that we were oh. on that in-car view, that roof cam view at that very moment, because it was just he's just going for it. Yeah.
1: Oh so good. Such a good race. My yep. goodness. Uh what a race to debut as. And uh <laughs> um I mean it, that's just so much fun. You looked like you had a blast up yep. there. I'm gonna tell you, you sounded like you were having a blast. That was my big takeaway from that, uh, from watching you do your debut. It was a busy week. Busy weekend. You went to countless meetings. You had early starts. But man, what a way to end it. Yeah. That was a beautiful thing a beautiful I'm, thing.
2: I'm wore out. I'm still tired now. Yeah. <laughs> um I got home last night around nine o'clock. Isla had just went to sleep. So Amy was like just I was like, Hey, all right, I'll let her Because if I pick her up and she wakes up and she starts crying then and, and yeah, you're take, in trouble. you know, if it take it could take her another hour to get back down. So I had to wait till one thirty in the morning til she woke up to get hungry. And I went over there and picked her up, man. You're happy as heck. And I got to hold her so tight. And uh, Mama fed her. We changed her. And then she <laughs> went back to sleep. <laughs> I had to wait till this morning to pick her back up again. Uh, we, uh, we took her to get her oh. shots today. We heard such horror stories about the shots, right? And she'd had one before and was pretty upset about it, but... Uh, we took her to get her shots, and man, she only cried just for a second. Like she cried for like five seconds, and then wanted to her pacifier. And once she got her pacifier, she quiet. Put her back in her car seat, fell asleep. One uh, tough customer. Road, road home, falling asleep. One tough customer. So, as <laughs> soon as she stopped crying, <laughs> I said, dang. And Amy goes, yeah, that was real anticlimactic. <laughs> and I was like, I know. And she goes, Earnhardt. <laughs> I was like, yeah. She's Earnhardt. She's tough like an Earnhardt.
1: That's right. Dale Earnhardt never cried during his shots. I'm not, I know that. I know <laughs> Dale Earnhardt doesn't cry during his shots. What I a could, great deal. I couldn't
2: believe it. Everybody been setting us up for this whole, you know, Storm and
1: (laughs) well good stuff good stuff all right let's throw to an exalta race center update
0: this is your exalta race center update i'm matthew dilner the only thing hotter than the steamy weather in chicago this weekend was the on-track action at chicagoland speedway on friday night john hunter nivacek looked to be on his way to a win until he ran out of gas on the final lap handing the checkered flag to Brett Moffitt. On Saturday, Kyle Larson took the win in a dominating performance. Elliott Sather was the top finisher for Junior Motorsports with a sixth place effort. A spectacular race on Sunday was kicked off by a Cup Series finish for the ages. Kyle Larson attempted a last lap slide job on Kyle Busch that led to contact and then retaliation from Busch on the final corner. Busch came out on top in a dramatic finish to win his fifth race of the season. This week, the Cup and Xfinity Series hauled down to Daytona for a July 4th doubleheader. The Junior Motorsports late model team was in action this weekend at South Carolina's Myrtle Beach Speedway. Third-generation driver Jagger Jones, the son of PJ and grandson of the legendary Parnelli Jones, scored the W in his debut for the team. This has been your Exalta Race Center update. Exalta is the official paint partner of NASCAR, developing, manufacturing, and supplying coatings to all types of vehicles and industrial applications. For more on Exalta, please visit exalta.cs.com.
1: Hey, one thing I wanted to actually ask you, you know, the battle between Kurt and Kevin, which, by the way, Jeff Burton had a really ga- great yes. line uh, after that segment. But the I think it was the race to segment two. Kevin and Kurt, Kevin Harvick, Kurt Busch, teammates, Stuart Haas Racing, had a heck of a race. Another one, just another great race that we saw during this event. Uh, what were your thoughts on that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was great uh, television. So, I didn't think Kevin was going to get him or even get near him, uh, but Kevin run him down, and then they went down into turn three, and Kevin dove to the outside and got on his corner panel, and that's when I was like, man, if he can can be there as they're going to throttle, it's over because he'll have the outside momentum off the corner. If he doesn't push you up in the middle of the corner through the bumps and lose the quarter panel of the 41, then Kevin's going to win the stage, which was exciting TV. And then they come off the corner so close, almost – I mean, Kevin – Looked like he brushed a fence or had to get very close. The forty fours in his door, sideways. Great, great, great racing. I mean, set the whole day had been pretty awesome, uh, and it and it was just kind of the energy and intensity was just building. So we loved it. Yeah. In the booth, and I, Kurt's reaction to that was like come out of left field. I just <laughs> could not. I was a. I mean, I can understand. Like darn, I got beat. Yeah, uh, my bad, guys. I, I I chose wrong. I chose poorly in three and four on what to do. Or I could have. I'm, I'm. You know. I could have tried X, Y, or Z, and I gave up that that stage win. <laughs> but not like you. You. I would have never expected Jimmy Johnson or a teammate. I guess any teammate to give me or just to not race and not try to win that. The stage points are so freaking important. Were you really surprised that we're talking about Kurt s- Busch? I know, but. Yeah, that I don't care. I, I, Kurt seemed to have changed quite a bit over the last couple of years, particularly since he's gotten married. Over the last several months, his activities on social media have shown a side of him which is friendly, fun to be around, carefree, totally a, a bit of an evolution from the original Kurt that we know from way back. And he has worked hard to try to shed, you know, that, Reputation, yeah, I give him benefit of the doubt. So I was surprised, and I was surprised that he had that point of view. And then I was surprised that he shared it with his team. Yeah, because I'm I'm sure that maybe they were probably it's- as shocked as the rest of the world that heard it. It was like he had to get it out. I know, like couldn't keep it to himself, <laughs> or he couldn't say it to himself. He had to hit the mic. Somebody to has- <laughs> "That's that's Kurt Mursel. And so I don't know, man. I just was really surprised on his take. I'm uh, surprised that he shared it with the team, which ended up going on the radio to the to the network broadcast to everyone. Yeah. He plugged NBC. I know. <laughs> that was – like, what?
1: Where – what was that for? That was yeah. vintage Kurt, man. I don't, I don't even know why – <laughs> Why is that in his mind Why that is moment? that in his yeah. mind? Yeah, yeah. like,
2: well, I'm <laughs> – NBC. <and> <laughs> <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Harvard. You know what I mean? I mean, just <laughs> yeah. – Why is that – Sorry <laughs> for my language. Uh, I just couldn't. Bu- I just was really surprised by his take. And I'm, I, I ain't going to bash on him or nothing, man. The rest of the, uh, everybody. But Jack
1: Burton did that enough.
2: He didn't. Everybody that hears it can handle it. Right. Yeah. From here. Right. Right.
0: Um, I like Jeff's comments. I thought that was good. Yeah. Because he didn't like, you know how, uh, I'm sorry, you, you're now a broadcaster. Yeah. Broadcasters sometimes err on the side of safety and, oh, you know, well, This guy did great, or that guy did great. And sometimes they don't say critical things about race car drivers, and I thought that was a a cool uh, little moment there that Jeff shared. A cool
2: moment for Jeff. I I thought it was ridiculous. It's time for Ask Junior. I got a a, a question. You have a question for me? Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag Ask Junior. All
0: right, let's uh, get into the questions here. Uh, Jessica, this will be a good pace change. Uh, Jessica wants to know, What's the first concert you've ever been to? <laughs> you ever went to?
2: The first concert. Yeah, was, your first concert. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The first concert I went to was Chicago and Moody Blues. Really? Yeah, I was wow. fifteen. That's a big show. Charlotte. Yep. My sister. We're in Charlotte. Uh, the the Verizon. What is it, is it now? Was the amphitheater what? deal or? Yeah, was it was it? called the Blockbuster Pavilion <laughs> yeah. back then. Back when they had Blockbusters <laughs> and you'd go to rent your movies. Now it's Verizon.
0: I think it's some sort the of theater. amphitheater. It was Verizon. It I don't was think
1: still. Who knows what it is? It's Mike Ma- Davis Amphitheater. It's probably Bank of America or something. Yeah, probably. Uh,
2: what uh, Night, uh, Nights in White Satin. That was the jam on Moody Blues. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Nights in White. That's a freaking awesome song, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 15 years old, and I was loving it. Chicago good. was good. Moody Blues, that was the best. Moody Blues is yeah. the best Chicago part of it? Yeah. yeah. All
0: right. Uh, Chad wants to know, how soon can you talk NASCAR and NBC into ditching the ties? Hashtag...
2: Ties don't right. belong in NASCAR. Yeah, so I got a I got a good idea on... Or I got a good little story on that. I was coming in, and the, uh, so we started doing the Wednesday show, and they said, you know, dress casually. Yeah. The so Wednesday we, NASCAR America. Yeah, the yes. Wednesday NASCAR America, Wednesday show. They're like, dress whatever, wear whatever you want, jeans and a button-down, even untucked if you want. And so we're starting to do these shows, and Rick Allen and the guys were like, just so you know, we've never done this show without a tie. <laughs> Much less... In jeans and our shirt unbuttoned, so this is freaking awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're doing the Wednesday shows. We get to the racetrack for this for the for the broadcast for the real deal this weekend. They're like, "Yeah, just wear whatever you wear on Wednesday for the uh, Xfinity practices and for the Cup practices and even maybe for qualifying. And then, you know, for the races, we're probably just going to put you in some some jeans and a dress shirt. Mm. And so we we're like, great. So we're wearing jeans all weekend. And we me and Rick Rick and Jeff Burton and LaTarque got together and we and I said we were we were in this meeting and I said, Hey guys, there's one more thing. I said, We're they're letting us wear jeans. This is awesome. You're you guys are happy. Something new, not having to wear ties every broadcast. Let's not screw this up. So <laughs> you know, be particular about the jeans you wear. Wear some really nice ones. Gotcha. All right. Well, Rick Allen shows up in his house jeans. Mm. Right? Something you put on... Yeah, at the house. The house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: like like old dad jeans Regular or something? Regular
2: old dad jeans. And, I mean, we got a practice and a half, I think. The first two Xfinity practices, and we got a memo oh. that, that jeans were gone. Wow. So... Rick Allen. I'm going to blame Rick for wearing his dad jeans. <laughs> and we all had, on, had our nice jeans ready to go. Uh, but I'm going to be... And this ain't no crap, man. This ain't no sponsor plug, but I, Wrangler makes this slack, sort of. It's it's a cross between a, a nice dress slacks and jeans, but it's a, it's and it's a stretchy, too. Uh, but it's a, they make a tan and a charcoal and a black, and I'm going to fill the closet with them things, because <laughs> apparently NBC said they're good to go, and that's what I'm wearing all year.
1: Wow, okay. And so,
2: I don't like wearing slack slacks. I didn't even own a pair of slacks until a couple months ago, and... I don't like. I hate wearing suits, and everybody knows I don't like wearing ties and all that stuff.
0: I like how you rock the the uh, the petty shirt the first day. Yeah, you know, I turn on my TV and I'm like,
2: "Oh, well, the, dang! Oh, yeah, yeah, on the pit box. Yeah, I was like, yeah. awesome." So all the cat the casual stuff is gone. We'll we'll be tucked in even for Xfinity practices. Can't be untucked. Which sucks.
1: That ended quickly, too. I know. Yeah. It didn't last long at all. Yeah. So there you go. I made a joke about that on Instagram. and I, I and don't the mind next thing wearing it. All I saw it, was he had it tucked in. I'm like, uh oh. Yeah. Did we just yep. do something screwed? Did we screw something that up? screwed up. Yeah.
2: So we're going to blame Rick Allen on all that. Uh, I'm, <laughs> not blame, blame I'm not going to blame Rick for the untucked because that was probably just because our shirts were too long to be untucked. Yeah. And we tried to make them work. Uh, you got to get them untucked shirts, I guess. How'd it feel being in that? Because <laughs> I, tu- I
0: turn on the whole weekend, I'm seeing casual Dale. Yeah. And then I turn on the race, and oh, you know we weren't going. Man, you were. Yeah. You, you got your suit. Yeah. You got your tie. You were all business.
2: Yeah, I felt freaking totally. Co- I don't mind doing that for the race. Doesn't bother me because I feel like that the race. Yeah. You know, I, I, some fans. I don't mind if we th- maybe ditching the tie will be okay. But I kind of like putting a tie on every once in a while. And I find, and I, the reason why I say that is because I just learned how to tie one a couple years ago. So now I'm like, oh, I'm going pro-tie now. don't know how to do multiple knots, but I can tie a tie. So before, when I couldn't tie a tie, hated ties. Don't mm-hmm. like them because I can't tie them. But now that I can tie one, it doesn't bother me to use it. All
0: right, uh, Jennifer J. Odd question, she says, for Ask Junior, which I say the odder, the better. Uh, but how did you end up with the buffalo? And and how many do you have now? I mean, because everybody's seeing them now on those new Wrangler ads.
2: I got four Buffalo. I know I remember how I got the first two. I don't remember how I got the second two, but the first two. So a long, long time ago, I had this uh, Hummer and uh, put a lot of work into it, put a giant stereo in it, and I sold it. And a family down in Florida that had a Buffalo farm bought it. Uh, they, they can't, when they come to get it, they're like, man, looking at my property, they're like, you got a lot of property here, man. You know, you should fence it up. If you fence it up, we'll send you some buffalo. I was like, <laughs> well, I don't, Why don't, what. Okay. Like what goes into buffalo? You know, how, is that a lot of expense? You know how they don't, they're maintenance free, man. And so if we do not get out. Yeah. That's one thing <laughs> they didn't tell me. So I fenced up the property, fenced up quite a bit and have it added additional, even additional pasture for them. Um, and he brought them over, and they're all females, so they're not, you know, aggressive. And males are much more aggressive. And so, one of them's a cut-up. It's funny, because the first two are super chill, never bother nothing. And then he, then I guess we got two more, and one of them's a, a real cut-up and, and ro- ornery. <laughs> and so, it finds the weaknesses in the fence and pushes pushes the slats out and gets loose. And then they all walk out. And so... One night, they have gotten out a couple times. And so one night, we got a call from a state trooper, uh, a couple state troopers. Our buffalo had escaped and walked two miles down the road. And <laughs> we're standing in the front yard of somebody's house for big buffalo. Imagine those
0: people waking up and being like, what the hell right. is a buffalo? And so yard?
2: like 2 o'clock in the morning, Mitch, our my the guy that sort of takes care of them, uh, had to walk them all the way back with a bucket of feed. I think I was going to a race. And so he got a bucket of feed, and they follow him everywhere with that. When he's got that bucket, they'll go wherever he wants. And he walked them all the way back home and all the way back in the fence. And they're like, okay, you know, here we are. <laughs> it's weird, man. Crazy. And they once they find the weaknesses in the fence, they stand in those areas. Like, man, I remember getting out of here one time. I remember there's a hole here somewhere, mm-hmm. you know that's cool Yeah, but
1: it's just some buffalo cruising Mooresville (laughs) I
2: mean nothing to see here it's very
1: scary we've seen
0: the bear in in, in Kannapolis before but you know the buffalo in Mooresville yeah that's
2: that's... if you put like a if you put a if you parked a golf cart in that pasture once the buffalo got used to it they'd start playing with it pushing it over and stuff (laughs) and so it makes me a little nervous that they could get out and hurt somebody or something have you
0: ever given them anything to play with in the yard like that
2: Mm, I need to I need to put in some giant, you know, g- gigantic beach balls and stuff. See what they do with them. <laughs> Why
0: not? We'll have field goal
2: posts. Yeah. They love, they, I saw this morning, one of them, they're out there running like hell. Really? Fat, yeah, they can run fast as shit. And they're just, you know, this morning they were spry and having fun running around the field, chasing each other and stuff. Mm, stampede. Yeah. They stay tight, boy. They don't ever leave each other's side. All four of them together. They're never, you'll never see them apart.
0: They're loyal. Yep. All right, uh, I was, wasn't going to do one more, but this one I think would, wouldn't have a shelf life unless we did it. Brian Jr. 88 uh, refer, referred to a picture that recently surfaced on Twitter. Um, and he says, uh, what can you tell us about the convertible race at Charlotte Motor Speedway when you won against Dick Trickle? Why were you wearing an oversized Burger King suit uh, from one of the Steve Park crew guys? Uh, and what was your dad Mayfield and Dave Burns laughing at? There was a good series of pictures. I, I don't know if you saw it.
2: If I knew what year it was, I could probably explain this uniform. Um, I think that I wasn't in the Xfinity car yet and I was still a late model driver and I didn't have a, I didn't have a decent uniform to okay. use. And my, the one that I would have had for my late model wouldn't have been in my possession. It would have been down in Union County near Paisley in South Carolina in the hauler, the gooseneck, uh, where my late model was kept. I probably had to borrow one. Uh, and they were, they had the Burger King, deal that just started with uh steve park and they were going to run this cup race and it was dad's first cup car as an owner and so he was probably trying to butter up burger king a little bit with a little (laughs) additional exposure (laughs) you know just being a businessman i can't even remember what happened in the race but i remember they let us bang up they let us crash them cars and bang into each other and that shit was fun because (laughs) i mean you know i would never really drove too many big cup car chassis before with those type of bodies and I don't know, you know, they just, let, they just let them destroy the, they just let us destroy those cars and banging each other and rub, and it was, it was like paying to ride at the go-kart track, you know, giving you five bucks and hopping on with your friends and beating the hell at each other, but in a big car. I don't know why they were convertibles either. I don't even know what was happening there. Probably some crazy plan Humpy Wheeler had, oh, yeah. who was the promoter back Gotta there, be. then, to Gotta to, be. to start a convertible series.
0: He liked it because, he liked it also, I remember, because you could see the driver in the car.
2: Exactly. He was going to start a convertible series, probably, that runs to the quarter mile with Legends cars, probably. The coolest it part never, of that is Dick but it, Trickleby. But it never got no traction. Yeah, well,
0: yeah, you're right. The coolest part is uh, beating, beating uh, Dick through there, you yeah. know?
1: All right, good questions. can always send them to us. Ask Junior, hashtag Ask Junior. All
0: right, put it out.
1: Put it
2: out, a white flag. Put it out. Keep coming, bud. White flag, bud. White flag right there, white flag.
1: The Dale Jr. Download is now on TV. Tune in to NBC Sports Network every Thursday at 5:30 to watch the download. Although I don't know that we'll do it next Thursday because you're going to be in Texas. Is yeah. that right? I'll so.
2: be in Texas. Uh, taking Isla. I mean, let me. Squint. My apologies that we won't have a download next week. But I'm taking Isla to Texas to see Amy's family for the first time. So this is a big important trip. And thus is why I won't
1: be around. Right. There you go. But, uh, by the way, did you guys see that it re-aired after the Yeah. After the yeah, that was cool. Did it? So, the deal going to download on Sunday. So yeah. Sunday. 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 Right. Yeah. Well, during Wednesday's Media Day, you did an hour-long appearance on Watch What Happens Live on Bravo. I learned in this show that I probably wasn't supposed to talk about that, <laughs> but we did. That airs on July 9th. That was before you had 10,000 followers on, on Dirty Mode Media. Oh, let's oh, talk yeah. about that on, on the Social Instagram. media, baby. Dell Jr. uh, really kind of helped us get over ten thousand. That's a big deal for Matthew Dillner. So tell, freeze me up. Explain to people what
2: was so important about getting to ten thousand followers on
1: it. Well, we like to do Instagram stories. That's something that we enjoy doing. And Dillner's fun. really killing it lately with those stories. And so what Dillner will do is he'll put together kind of a clips package, much like we've been doing on social media. But now we can actually go and swipe up directly to our podcast and to and our links and these, all that stuff.
2: You get that at 10,000 followers. You don't you get that at 10,000.
0: You gain the swipe up feature, which instead of just watching it and think it's entertaining, if you swipe up, it drives you right to the content.
2: And so is there other unlockables, I would call them? I don't know,
0: but that would be cool if we could get some...
2: Prizes By getting and more gems followers,
0: like yeah. it's Super Mario Brothers. Know, or something. Yeah, <laughs> you
2: know, Instagram. It was fun. <laughs> it's like a game for me. I hope everybody else enjoyed it because it was. <laughs> it's like we won it, something.
1: It, yeah, it, I was I, celebrating. It was fun. I enjoyed actually just documenting stuff from the week, right, yeah. with Dale, since I don't go travel around much anymore. So uh, when we went to New York, we had a lot of fun with that, and then Dale Jr. sort of got involved with it. and We were having fun, although Dale did get a little angry at me because he was like, "No, I wanted this for my." Instagram. Well,
2: all that yeah. great content was going to eight thousand followers instead of <laughs> instead
1: of six hundred and ten
2: thousand. Sometimes, oh.
0: sometimes you start start off and you got an open trailer with a tire rack. Yeah, that's it, right. You'll get there. We're getting well, there.
2: Why Why do that when you have a brand new uh, a challenge? Yeah, you have a brand new trailer, all big, decked out trailer with the lounge up front and everything sitting at the shop. Why would you take out the the open trailer. So you can swipe up. <laughs>
1: I would because I'm an idiot. So you can swipe up. <laughs> you, you would, Dilner. <laughs> uh listen, honestly, that was it for uh for White Flag, although we do want to wish happy Independence Day for everybody out there. Uh good luck in Daytona Dale. What else you got for the for the final word here?
2: Good luck in Daytona is right, man. We're going back to the Daytona International Raceway, a track where I've had a ton of success. I'm gonna be back in the booth. I can't wait. I'm gonna enjoy a couple days off, but I am just as excited to get back in the booth as I was this past weekend at Chicago. We're gonna have a lot of fun. We're talking about drafting, something I feel like I know a lot about, so I should have a good time trying to explain to everybody what they're seeing and why the drivers are doing what they're doing. So tune in. We'll be doing some of the Xfinity stuff, uh, practices and so forth, and and just uh, we'll keep you we'll keep you aware of all the uh, different broadcasts that we'll be a part of and what we got going on. We got Friday uh, with Rutt. Fan Friday. Oh, yeah. That's right. Fan Friday. Friday. I'm glad you
1: said that. You were doing a live show with Rutledge Wood. Friday night. That'll be fun. Hold on. How good was Rut this weekend, by the way? He's amazing. Yeah,
2: he's always been that way. I saw that side of Rut uh, at the Super Bowl. Yeah. And and then, you know, a little bit in South Korea. The guy, I had a perception of him, and it's completely enhanced now. Oh, Yes. Having spent time with him and watch him work, see what he's doing, he and is he's
0: a great human
2: just being, just a, a great j- person.
1: Jim, he's a Jim. I mean, he is—he's exceptional. He's an exceptional talent. So yeah, Dale Jr. and Rutt will be on stage at Daytona. It's a fan show, a live show. Yeah, there's four and drivers going to join us. Yeah, I think Bubba Wallace, uh,
2: Stenhouse, Denny Hamlin, and Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. And, and I go. think the poll winner, whoever wins the poll, is going to going to
1: do a walk up interview.
2: That should be a lot of fun. It's kind of a trackside now, or uh, what kind
1: was, of like a trackside live
2: it? trackside live that used to have years ago.
1: They, it, but they got this idea. Sam Flood and Jeff Pinky got this idea from the show that you and I did in Vegas last November. Oh yeah the appreciation tour. Yeah. they saw kind of this dynamic where you and the drivers and, and just kind of a conversation and so i need to do my homework fun. then you do we're gonna
2: have to bring it so i'm gonna go home and start taking notes and see what kind of cool questions we can ask these guys outside of what they get asked all the time at the racetrack we're gonna try to get into get them to open up a little bit similar to the way they do on this couch here at the download there you go
1: buddy good all luck right. have a good one see you
2: This bit of badassery was made by Dirty Mo Media. Dirty Mo!